Welcome to StarCast from Planet Waves. I'm Eric Francis Coppolino, your friendly neighborhood astrologer here with an update for the Capricorn New Moon, which was a bit less than one hour ago at the time I'm recording here in a remote location in rural New England, taking a little break between the written and the video sections of Somewhere in Between, your 2024-plus annual readings from Planet Waves by me. Happy New Moon. Moon plus Sun in Capricorn. Capricorn Rising here on the East Coast. Uh, So this was an an event right around sunrise, multiplying the effect by uh, an order of magnitude or so. Here we are in this uh, approximately last week of Pluto in Capricorn. This is an edgy and unusual time for that reason. If anything, seems like it's uh, walking along a very narrow catwalk where there seems to be a little bit of extra uncertainty in the air. You can look to Pluto inching its way into Aquarius over uh, the next approximately nine days or so. That arrives, Pluto arrives in Aquarius on the 20th of January. There will be one last little dip back into Capricorn. That's a Northern Hemisphere autumn. Uh, I think for now it's fair to say that the Pluto in Aquarius era begins when Pluto makes its ingress, this uh, second of three ingress into Capricorn again on the 20th. Uh, between now and then, it is lingering, kind of, you might say, anoretic or void, of course, right in the last degree of uh, of Capricorn, and it is conjunct an asteroid called Ophelia. So this is taken from the Broadway, uh, sorry, <laughs> Shakespeare <laughs> play, I forget, uh, the name of it, shame on me, uh, eternally dedicated, lifelong English major, more into T.S. Eliot than Shakespeare, but anyway. Uh, and this is a point of overreaction. Now, um, how we got from the character in the play to the point of overreaction is another story, but uh, that is the caution from Martha Lang Westcott, one of my teachers and the asteroid master. Anyway, Regardless of the provenance of the delineation, I I have found it is worth paying attention to that. Uh, Another interesting thing uh, going on is that the moon-sun conjunction this morning at uh, 20 degrees and 44 minutes of Capricorn uh, is exactly opposite Apollo, and Apollo, the Apollo... Uh, moon-sun alignment are square the lunar node. So uh, taking away all those points except sun, square, the lunar nodes. Lunar nodes at 2013, Aries, Libra, sun at 2044. So that 20 says that they're very close. They're within one degree. So we have sun square nodes. Sun square nodes, sometimes called moon wobble condition. Uh, I think of it when there's a new moon very close to square the lunar nodes. I consider that an eclipse-like event with a sensation of a point of no return 
Uh, in all of astrology, one of the most potent aspects you can have is to have any planet or point at a 90 degree angle to the lunar node. Lunar nodes are the eclipse generators. They're these multidimensional points to tell you when the sun, the moon, uh, and sun cycle, moon cycle, lunar node cycle, eclipse cycle, all the above all line up. Now we're uh, reminded here that we're about 90 days away, a little bit less 90 days away from the All-American Eclipse on April the 8th, 2024. This is an eclipse that enters the North American continent in uh, approximately southeastern Canada and then cuts a streak across Maine, Vermont, New York, down through the uh, basically the eastern states and the classical southern states out there and then down through Texas, out Mexico, and I guess it will trail off into the Pacific Ocean or, or overland in Mexico. The eclipse's maximum intensity is in Mexico, and uh, the, the though that it is, it is 90 days off, that is not that far, and we have this moon-sun conjunction square of the nodes reminding us that it is coming, and the distinction of this eclipse is that it is exactly, precisely conjunct Chiron, uh, I've never seen that before. The, the new moon is conjunct to the arc, arc minute, not arc second, arc minute. So within one sixtieth of one degree, that is crazy. Uh, this again is the April eighth. All Amer- I'm calling it the All American Eclipse because it's all in the Americas: Canada, the United States, and Mexico. Okay, South America. You know, there there's someone who lives down there. I'm sure. Um, and so these are turning point events. We have so many turning point events coming up in the spring of 2024. Uh, the eclipse is one of them, the April 8th eclipse. Then there's the conjunction of Jupiter and Uranus that takes place uh, a little bit after that. Then there's the uh, the conjunction of Jupiter and Sedna that takes place. So there's many, many cycles that are restarting now. And this has the sensation of being propelled forward. But I am a bit ahead of myself right now. We are at this turning point of uh, this thing that you might call the bending. That's what hap- That's what you call anything square to the lunar nodes is the bending. Now I've got the moon and the sun right at this moment conjunct the lunar nodes. So that's going on. Then that's opposite Apollo. Now I don't cast... You couldn't cast every asteroid into a chart, but I pay attention to what is aspecting the new moon, and I pay special attention to Apollo since it's an asteroid that is so close to human experience right now, and that is the human experience of making the same mistakes over and over again. Apollo is calling for a review of that. It's calling for some pattern recognition uh, in terms of uh, the, the, the the errors that unforced and otherwise errors that you keep making over and over again, what is that about? What is going on? What are you uh, trying to get your attention with? Uh, and here at the edge of the world with Pluto, uh, you know, in this uh, very em- emotional position, this uh, ed- this edgy position that could be evocative of various kinds of fear and uh, the sensation of really needing to turn a corner. Uh, that That is what this new moon says to me, that there, there needs to be a shift in the momentum. There needs to be a new 
direction taken. And I can see there being a substantial amount of concern that one did not resolve all the things necessary in the past uh, to be able to do that in an effective way. So maybe that is um, maybe maybe that is the case. Uh, although uh, we can practice the Course in Miracles lesson, the past is gone; it cannot touch me. So I think that you know, absolutely, totally reckoning with the past is one thing. And then I think also taking a sincere spiritual approach uh, to understanding the implications of the past is another thing. In any case, I think it is very helpful to reckon with it because humans tend to drag the past along with them. There are various uh, attachments and fear of letting go and fear of entering a new and unfamiliar territory. But I'm telling you, the... The astrology, basically, from this moment onward through 2024, is all about entering new and unfamiliar territory. And there's all kinds of things that are going to keep us working the edge of that uh, of that territory all year long. <clears throat> uh, Mercury retrograde uh, ended. That was uh, well. Excuse me, uh, and I'm, I'm on a portable unit, by the way, so I uh, hope it doesn't sound too strange. Uh, Mercury retrograde ended when? When? When was that? About a week ago or something? I don't even remember at this point. Uh, Mercury is uh, currently conjunct the galactic center at 2720 Sagittarius, so Mercury is serving as a condenser of uh, that galactic energy at this point. It's a kind of a spiritual homing signal or a beacon. Uh, calling us to pay attention to what is at the center of it all. So Mercury is gathering that kind of re- re- remote and not quite human feeling emanation of the galactic center and translate, translating it into something that is fully comprehensible. It could be a little overwhelming as such. Now then, um, one uh, thing interesting going on uh, that I've been talking about for a few weeks is that in early Capricorn, there is a cluster of points that are kind of leaving. Uh, they, they they are remaining behind in Capricorn even as Pluto leaves. Now, some of these are going to be in, in Capricorn for many years, like twenty more years. So, uh, it's a whole other story going on in Capricorn. It's been going on for a while. I cast it into every single chart. If you look at any of the somewhere in between charts, you will see. Uh, that around the minor planet Pholus, I'm drawing in a few extra points. Those include Quayar. This is an uh, this is Pholus and Quayar together are ancestral influences, and then there's Ixion, which is uh, out by Pluto, and this is cautionary of the suspension of the concepts of right and wrong. And then there's Apple. No, excuse me, Cupido. Uh, this is a point of gathering. So it's almost as if there's a gathering of ancestral influences, and you might think of it as a kind of a meeting intended to understand what is up with people deciding that it's uh, simpler to simply suspend their concepts of right and wrong rather than to grapple with ethics and morality. Kind of the story of our time, isn't it? And what's, what makes this special now is that Mars is passing through the territory. Mars is an activating agent. 
uh, as of uh, this recording. Mars is at 5 degrees, a little bit more of Capricorn, so it, it's been conjunct Ixion the past few days. It's going to be continuing to lean into uh, Cupido, and then Pholus is a very reactive point, so you want to be super chill, as chill as you can be, process your material internally, better to not externalize it unless you're going to share with one trusted person and see the connections. Capricorn itself is always a reminder of how much of the past, uh, you know, we have accumulated, and that includes the ancestral past. And I had one spiritual teacher say that up to 90% of what we contend with in our lifetimes is not our own karmic material. It's the karmic material of our ancestors, relatives, predecessors, parents, grandparents, great-grandparents, tribal material uh, that we are carrying around. And a lot of times it's it's quite unpleasant, and, and this is not a popular thing uh, for, for people to reckon with. Most people don't have any concept that the past can be this influential but here's Mars activating it and <clears throat> and reminding you that m- much of what you feel you're contending with, whatever so-called cross to bear that you've got, whatever struggles you feel like you might be in, consider the possibility that most of this has nothing to do with you whatsoever. You've simply inherited this. It's come down to you like a trunk that's been left in the attic and then suddenly it's yours to deal with and God knows what's in there. So uh, keeping that in mind, Mars is passing through this ancestral zone, uh, which has its peak at eight and a half degrees of Capricorn. So again, that will be over the next four or five days. Not coincidentally, as Pluto is making its transition and breaking through into Aquarius and kind of cracking the surface. It'll do that, by the way, in a conjunction with the sun. So a bit of a bold reminder uh, that Pluto is marking a transition in the era uh, that we are living in. And I think this is the one where the digital chickens are going to come home to roost. We've been living as if this digital uh, thing that we've been going through the past 25 years or so has no implications. It doesn't really mean anything. It's just the life that we are living. And I'm saying, and I have been saying, and I pretty much say every time I touch the keyboard or open my mouth to speak, uh, that digital has radically transformed humanity, its concept of itself, the way that we think, the way that we relate to each other. Uh, the way that we conceive of ourselves, the whole notion of what a self is, all transported, transformed by our complete over-immersion in digital technology. And we don't really know, we have not really caught up with what this is about. And what I am suggesting is that particularly these early days of Pluto and Aquarius are going to remind us in some way what we've done to ourselves, what we have enmeshed ourselves in. Pluto in Aquarius will shake the social fabric by shaking the energy patterns that support it. And right now the social fabric is intimately stitched in to the digital realm. There is no separating the two. Maybe you are fortunate that you might get to sit around the fire with a group of people and have a real conversation. But the 
chances are you use digital technology to set that up and your mind is still kind of vibrating with the entire zeros and ones energy field. So we have a long way to go to learn uh, who and what we have become. There will be a scant few people among us who remember what it was like to be human before all this. They're going to tend to be people with a very strong relationship to the earth itself. Okay, that is what I have to say uh, to you uh, early on this morning of the Capricorn New Moon. I am unlikely to be doing Planet Waves FM program on Friday. I think I'm going to stay out here in the woods uh, for a few extra days, possibly doing a program on Saturday. I don't know. Uh, my main focus is going to be uh, starting up the video production process of doing the somewhere in between video readings uh, beginning it looks like on Sunday and I want to have those to you prior to Pluto changing signs that is my goal and I usually uh, attain my goals particularly if modest uh, somewhere in between has been a phenomenal bestseller I want to thank you for your enthusiastic response. I'm eager to hear your feedback, and I'm also eager to hear your suggestions and questions for what I might cover in the video readings coming up. So now's your chance to get your questions and type them uh, into this podcast or find the post on planetwaves.eu. That's the Planet Waves Substack, and enter it there. All right. Once again, thank you for listening. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for your business and your trust. Keep on keeping on. Lots of love and bye for now. <laughs>